What's going on, everybody? This is SecDevOps.ai. Yes, sir. Welcome back to the Hacker Valley Studio Show. Glad to be back again with an honorable guest, Tanya Janka, CEO and co-founder of Security Sidekick. Such a pleasure to have you on. It's outstanding. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Can't wait to, you know, talk to you, hear more about you, hear more about the, the stuff that you are involved with. You're involved with so many things. How do you, how do you find the time? I, I thought I was busy. <laughs> <laughs> um, time management and I'm learning, I'm learning to say no a little bit. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, that's, that's key. That's a very powerful skill. To yeah, have. <laughs> learning to say no. So yeah, could, could you sort of walk us through your journey and, and how you got to where you are today? Um, yes, I'd love to. Uh, so I was a software developer for a really long time. And then one day I met a hacker. <laughs> and basically he told me that I would make a great hacker. I didn't really understand at the time why he felt that, but it turned out he saw something I didn't see. Um, and then quickly, uh, it turns out, you know, sometimes it turns out you're better at something than the person that's showing you the thing. Um, so right. I got introduced to like more and more different types of people who specialized in different things um, and ended up getting a job as a pen tester. But then I discovered AppSec, my right. calling. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I, and then um, I, I used to be a musician, a professional musician for a long time. Wow. What, yes. what instrument? Um, guitar, drums, and singing. So I have like a bunch of folk albums out under my name, and then I have a bunch of like collaborations with different musical groups where either I'm playing drums or singing or playing guitar. Wow. <laughs> Are you on uh, SoundCloud? Um, I, uh, I'm i not sure if I'm in SoundCloud. I'm on like Spotify and yeah. Amazon okay. and like all the places where people buy CDs, I guess. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to have to check that out <laughs> yeah. immediately after the show. <laughs> but it turned out that like, when I started, so my one of my neuroprofessional mentors announced on the internet that I would be speaking at B-Sides, but like didn't tell me first. Right. <laughs> and so when I started public speaking, it turned out, you know, like the, you know, 18 years on stage translated mm -hmm. really well. And right. then I started doing lots of public speaking and that just opened a hundred different doors for me. And at one of the conferences I was public speaking at, AppSec Europe 2017, mm -hmm. I met my friend Aaron Natu. And have you ever just met someone and you're like, you're my nerd soulmate? Absolutely. <laughs> this guy. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> like, you're just like, we're totally weird in all the same ways. Oh, and absolutely. All the same things. Yeah. Um, like one day recently we we're hanging out and like coding and I looked at him. I'm like, shut up. And I lifted up my sweater and we were wearing the same t-shirt. Oh, <laughs> wow. That's insane. <laughs> it's like, we're a bunch of nerds. <laughs> that, that's awesome. I, I was doing, you know, a little bit of research on you and I, I, how many talks have you done over the last few years? I don't know. At least a couple, like a hundred, at least, if not way more. Sometimes oh. I do up to three a day. Wow. So yeah. do you do a lot, uh, a lot of live stream uh, talks then, webinars and, and the like? And, and would you say you do more webinars or would you say you do more in-person stage talks? I do way more in-person things because I think that's more fun. And because my local community is willing to tolerate a lot of Tanya. 
(laughs) (laughs) I just moved and so far Victoria is not at all like oversaturated with me yet. Um, Right. But in Ottawa, I find there's so many different meetups. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, Python meetup. I haven't met you people yet. What's up? Who wants to hack some apps with me? (laughs) Right. Yeah. I was uh, so disappointed because I was like, oh, I want to connect with Tanya on LinkedIn. Nope. Not possible. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Just too many, too many uh, connections. When I was working at Microsoft, I tried to meet with LinkedIn repeatedly to try to pressure them into changing their app just for me. Right. Oh, so wow. so how, how many connections is the max? 30,000, which 30, is ridiculous. That's, that's not very many if you think about it. Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if you look at things like Twitter, it's almost what unlimited that you can connect with people. And also like the InfoSec and the cybersecurity hashtags, they have tens of thousands of people that follow that specific domain interest. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Definitely need more connections uh, that you can get. The problem with LinkedIn, in my opinion, is that there are two tiers. There are connections like first class people and then followers which are like second class people so you're allowed as many followers as you want but no one's like hey sign me up for second class right yeah every person wants to connect and i'm like i want to connect i'm not allowed right yeah so uh that's unfortunate because uh, i ended up having to change my button to follow just so i won't run into the problem that you're running into And, and for those people that i meet in the future that I really want to connect with because I want to see the content that they're putting out. Um, And yeah, and now it's, it's tough for you to do that because you've already hit the max. I know. And you'd you'd have to start chopping people off be like, you are eliminated. (laughs) (laughs) I did do that. I, of course I'm a nerd. So I wrote a script where it like went through and it was removing um, all the people whose titles were sales or headhunter Uh, or talent acquisition. So I removed like 6,000 people that way. But then I just, but I had so many backlogged connections. I was like, yes, 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 yes. (laughs) yes." Um, But then people's feelings got really hurt. And I felt bad. I got a bunch of messages of, it seems we're not connected anymore. And then I felt so bad. I'm like, Oh, yeah, that's, that's rough. That is tough. That is so rough. So yeah, I, I, I'm hoping to jump back into the background uh, yeah. and okay. hear about, you know, what, what, besides just that initial point of realizing that you could become a good hacker from your mentor, uh, what, what were some of the things that transpired after that to kind of get you to move towards AppSec from just knowing that you'd make a good hacker? Immediately um, upon becoming a pen tester, I ended up, so um, like software developers are my people, if that makes sense. Like I know I work in security, but I am a software developer, if that makes sense. Like in my heart, like I'm like, oh, I'm just going to write a script for this, even though like technically that's not my job. Right. (laughs) I still like, I'm like, oh, I'll code that, blah, blah, blah. Uh, (laughs) And like, that's just the way I think and I come at problems. And so one of my first pen tests, I, 
I went to go tell the software developer, I'm like, hey, I sort of found something, can we talk about it? And then he's like, oh, but how do I fix that? I'm like, oh, let me show you. I'm like, is it weird if I like hands on keyboard and drive for a second? Like, I don't want to be rude. And he's like, dude, it's cool. Right. And yeah. then we just sat together for 45 minutes and fixed the bug together. And then I was like, oh, maybe I should write a little blurb to the other developers so they know how to fix this. And I guess I just started stumbling into doing AppSec, even if I didn't mean to at first. And I joined OWASP, the mm -hmm, Open yep. Web Application Security Project, who I refer to as my boyfriend. Right. <laughs> I can see that. I could definitely see that. We're in a long-term relationship. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, just I realized, oh my gosh, there's this whole industry around this. And pen testing is sort of one of the many different parts of AppSec. And I realized, oh, I could make an even better, bigger impact at work if I changed the way I was doing things. So I'm like, oh, what if I came in to the security or like the software development process like a little earlier? Like what if, you know, oh, you're doing project requirements. Like, is it cool if I check them out? And I'm like, hey, have you thought of this? Could we add that? Or, you know, oh, you're doing a design. Like, can I just like sit in on your meeting? Would that be okay? And then I'm like, oh, I see a problem what about blah, right? And mm -hmm. then someone explained the concept of shifting left and I was like, oh, that's what I'm doing. Right. Yeah, that's my yeah. thing mm -hmm. as it yeah. turns out. And so then I started doing public speaking and I, at this same conference where I met Erin Natu, um, I also met a woman named Nicole Becker and so many other amazing humans who became really important to me. And Nicole Becker, or Nikki, as I call her, um, she's like, do you uh, want to start an OWASP project with me? Because DevOps is happening and I want to make sure I'm still awesome at AppSec, even though DevOps is happening. Right. Like, yeah, I want to know how to do that. How do we do it? <laughs> like, I don't know. That's what the project will be, us figuring out how to be awesome at AppSec, but when you work in a DevOps environment. And mm -hmm. then Francisca Bueller and Nancy Derichet joined us and I ended up learning a lot by teaching, if that makes sense. So I'm like, oh, let's build this thing. Oh, crap, it broke it. Let's fix it. Mm -hmm. Okay, so there's this. And you find out interesting things when you are willing to be vulnerable and show your imperfections to right. others. So I have this episode where I was trying to install a content security policy, like the security header. Mm -hmm. It turns out it's not compatible with .NET Core. Mm. Oops like the brand newest version. So right. then, but luckily for me, like our community is so open. Um, I find that like for me, there aren't very many um, gatekeepers mm -hmm. uh, in regards to people who are leading big projects. So like maybe at your office, there's someone who's silly and insecure and has decided to gatekeep. But I find in the community, like community leaders especially are sort of the opposite. So the content security policy people were like, yo, what's up? how can we change it so it works with .NET Core? Obviously, we want that. And then I'm like, oh, I happen to know like Barry Dorans, um, and he is like the .NET like, security person, right? So mm -hmm. I'm just like, connects. Connect. Oh, that's amazing. And, yeah. it, that's really nice. Yeah, and, and also, you know, if you're going to show the video with my uneven bangs, 
Barry, I didn't do this. <laughs> he, he like wants to make a domain name for me of ikeptmyownbangs.com. <laughs> like, a hairdresser did this to me, not a drunk six-year-old. Okay, so back on to the topic. Of <laughs> I don't think your hair looks bad at all. I think it looks great. <laughs> but maybe like, one day. Uh... like this. It's okay. <laughs> or maybe we can uh, get a deep fake from you from uh, six months ago and we can put that on top. <laughs> deep fake, but just my bangs. Yeah, just deep fake bangs. <laughs> I'm going to put bangs. it on myself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll all have the bangs. Oh my gosh, we should all deep fake our hair for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, your Twitter handle, where does the purple come from? <laughs> And so uh, it turns out when uh, I learned more about security and I learned, uh, so I got um, invited uh, for a position that ended up not working out for like a whole bunch of reasons, but I was going to lead a red team at one point. Yep. Uh, and then I ended up taking a different position, but I was like, oh, red team. And they're like, yeah, the attackers. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, so when I do defense, I'm, I'm doing blue team. And they're like, yeah, you're a weirdo where you do both. And it turns out there's a name for that. Purple team. Yep. Sure um, and so uh, my email address used to be uh, she hacks computers. Uh, mm. And previously, you know, she hacks or she plays guitar. Um, so right. then I went to put she hacks computers into Twitter and it was one letter too long. Oh. One. But she hacks <clears throat> purple was just the right length. Right. Mm. So then uh, I just went for it. My friend Nancy's like, I like it. I'm like, well, if yeah. Nancy likes it, then it's got the stamp of approval. <laughs> right. No, I think it's fantastic. Uh, we're big fans of Purple Team stuff here uh, in the studio. And even on stage, just did uh, the Threat Hunting Summit with Sands. Mm -hmm. And uh, I talked about the, uh, the Purple Team that I put together for Netflix uh, this year. So big so fans cool. of Purple. Oh, yeah. Yes. So cool. So cool. I, I really believe that AppSec is purple team. Like it's kind of the combination of like you have red team types of activities, but you also have right. defense types and you have to do both or you're going to be kind of a crappy AppSec team. Absolutely. Yes. I would say that's probably like the first area that you would have like both blue and red, like almost like as a mandatory thing, right? Yeah, absolutely. Especially if you're doing some type of like code reviews or security audit from like an engineering perspective, it, it kind of is already by that definition of purple team. Exactly. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. So what do you do when uh, you're being that facilitator, let's say like for .NET Core, they, they didn't have that uh, specific capability. Uh, how do you facilitate uh, getting things patched or resolved when uh, there's not that communication level that uh, can exist? Like maybe you don't have that point of contact. What are some strategies that you take to, to find that person or find that group? So uh, I, so I'm probably not supposed to admit this, but I just tweet, I need help. And then my amazing, wonderful, I don't know what I did do without them followers are yep. like, Hey, Tanya, what's up? Meet this person and this person. They are, you know, the two people that made content security policy header. I'm like, I know I just felt too nervous to write them directly. I actually like saw your talk like last week when we both spoke at the same conference and PS you're awesome. I'm that person that live tweeted you. All right. <laughs> and then, wow. And then they're like, Hey, what's I up? Mean, that, we like to talk to you, but we're both like too shy at first. <laughs> and that's how this kind of happened, right? You, uh, you started something. I think we're going to get to that in a moment, but you just put something out on Twitter is like, 
Hey, all you podcasters out there, how many podcasts uh, requests did you get after that tweet? I have one every day until the end, like until I go on my next business trip. So I guess I have like nine in a row. Wow. And then I have a few booked for when I get back. And then people, someone emailed me yesterday and they're like, there's no spots till November. And I said, well, I only want to record one per day. Right. Because I've discovered when I do two, I just say the same things. And that's <laughs> not fun for you. So it's right. better if you catch me on another day when I have new thoughts in my head or funnier stories. Right. <laughs> no, fantastic. I'm glad we got in. <laughs> right. Yeah. Might have missed that boat. <laughs> but that just shows how effective that is, just reaching out to the community and making a call for action. Absolutely. And just asking really nicely, it turns out, and being polite and helpful. Like one of my female friends was asking, she's like, you know, I'm a woman of color who's like an immigrant to Canada and mm -hmm. I'm like super obsessed with securing blockchain. Like, do you think anyone would be interested in learn like having me on a podcast? And I tweeted like, I have this friend. And then I described her and it's like Twitter melted. Oh my gosh. <laughs> You're just like, I need to meet your friends so badly. That, that is amazing. Yeah. That's super cool. I know. It turns out that if you just ask really nicely that usually people help. Yeah. So mm -hmm. that's awesome. And since we already sort of brought it up, why don't you tell us about your new company? I Big am so news. excited. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I am the CEO and co-founder with my friend Aaron Natu of a little company called Security Sidekick. And nice. we are going to try to turn AppSec on its head, I guess. So um, when I was at Microsoft, so I had just finished working two years at Microsoft, they kept saying to me, Tanya, you need to scale better because we only have one Tanya, but the mm -hmm. world is big. So what if you rate more and fly less? I'm like, okay, that's smart. Yeah. And they're like, what if you stream more and show up in person less? And I was like, yeah. And then they're like, what if you, you know, mentor other advocates in security so that they can spread your message too? And I was like, yes. And then I thought about it. I'm like, what if I really, really scale and I don't work here anymore? And it's <laughs> my own and they're like, wait, wait, no, 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 no that's oh. not what we <laughs> so I was like, what if I make an AppSec tool? that like right. does the stuff that's in my brain and Aaron's brain smashed together. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, so Aaron and I talked about, so like all the things that just like annoyed the crap out of us as AppSec professionals. And one of my, so basically there are two things that I'm like, these are my dream of things I, I want to solve. Mm -hmm. And we agreed to it. We had a big list, but there were two where we're both like, we must. Okay. So the first one is, um, I did a lot and a lot of instant response. And I, when I would do AppSec at this one place, I did three out of every four weeks, I was just responding to incidents. Right. And it was because we had no effing clue how many apps we had. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we had, we had so many apps. Thousands <laughs> of apps. And we right. definitely had a list of at least a hundred. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and when you are like responding to an incident and you don't even have a link and you don't even know who owns it and you don't know what it does and you don't even know where it is you're just like my name is now a swear word when management says it like yeah. 
(laughs) (laughs) And I just, I just like, oh, my job's not fun today at all, right? Mm Because I'm like calling random developers, like, have you heard of this? Do you know what it's even supposed to do? Like, can you give me any clue as to who owns this? Where's the code? Do we have code for this? Did Shadow IT make this? And so I said, like, it's, I want to have like an actual complete list of all my apps. And then the other thing I wanted to solve was I wanted to not annoy the crap out of developers anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if um, you've seen any of like the dev slop shows where so some so we will publish publish episodes even if we fail miserably. Yeah. So there's one episode where it's called like Tanya and Nancy fail. And you mm. can see us trying to install a tool oh, and we cut it down to 20 minutes and just summarize, but it was hours, right. hours of us trying to install a tool and failing over and over and over. And we never got it installed. Wow. And we're just so pissed <clears throat> and developers don't want to sit around all day doing security work. Right. So right, I was right. like, what if not only like, you know, like let's not try to be really fast in the pipeline let's not even be in the pipeline. Like, is there a way we could be outside the pipeline, but still provide fast results? So that's what we built. Wow. Um, So we, we're not selling it yet. Um, So we're like brand new. We've started last Monday, just to be clear. So last Monday, super fresh, hot off the press. Okay. Exclusive. (laughs) Seriously. Well, we just publicly announced, I guess then, but R and D has been happening for a little while now. Uh, but mm-hmm. basically, right now we have a proof of concept that's just about to go into alpha and we're about to work with like a bunch of customers that are early adopters sort of thing. Right. And right now you put us on your network and then just every time someone visits something, we can see it. And then we're like, hey, that's a web app. Oh, those are some APIs. Yes, I would like to inventory those for you. So every single yep. time someone visits something, we're like, oh that is an app or that's still an app. Or did you know that someone just published that? Did you see that? Cause we did. Mm-hmm. Right. And then we do a passive scan. I don't know um, how, can I get super techie? Is that okay? Let's do it. Let's go okay. for okay. it. Okay. Go deep. It's like, just ask me to elaborate anything. Cause sometimes uh, I try really hard to always explain everything, but sometimes people are like, um, Tanya, slow down. Mm. Okay. So passive scans mean, I just like the traffic just goes through and then I'm like, Hey, let's look at your response. Like over here, not in the way, not stopping you. Oh, that that's definitely a web app. Oh, it looks like I can visit you on HTTP. Mm -hmm. Oh, it looks like in your request, you have a bunch of um, parameters. Oh, that's, that's disconcerting. Um, Oh, look, you're not using any security headers. That's bad. Oh, I see a, a redirect an open redirect to a different, okay, so that's probably bad. And so I can like dissect just like your, your requests and responses and then say, oh, I have found this number of security problems. And so basically uh, for the next couple of months, we're going to work with early adopters to make it so we're 100% correct. So we don't just find like 99% of your apps, we find 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's pretty cool because it's, like this, it's real time. So within like a second or two seconds, I can see what's wrong. And I'm just like, <laughs> "Wow!" <laughs> so we're not in the pipeline. And people yeah. are like, 
but if you're not in the pipeline, I'm like, yeah, we're not, we're not in it. So we cause zero. So like it was just the dashboard and you just get to see everything and the developers can just keep doing whatever they're doing and we just don't annoy them at all. <laughs> right. Nice. How, how has that felt like, you know, having this idea, building something, testing it and you're watching it live and it's catching things like how, like, can you explain to people how that feels? Oh, it feels magical. Like the first time Aaron's like, okay, proof of concept ready to try it on the internet. And mm -hmm. we're like, okay. So I got, um, I have this friend uh, named Tierney. He's really cool. He's one of my friends from Microsoft. And I was like, can you do me a favor and send me a couple websites that you allow me to passively scan? So I promise you won't notice. Yep. Right. Uh, and I don't, I don't know if you saw like that thing on the internet about 10 X developers. Of course. Yeah. So he made a website to mock that called 10 X developer and it's hilarious. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Where, yeah, he's a 5,000 X developer, but anyway. <laughs> um, uh, and so, you know, like he let me scan all of his sites and then, uh, you know, I had to send him a couple bug reports and then I was showing, cause I'm a nerd. I was like, Aaron, look at my GitHub thing, blah, blah, blah. And then we're looking here and we're looking there. And then we, he's like, oh crap, we forgot to turn off the tool. And then I actually had to file bug reports with a bunch of companies. Because we, yeah. I was like, oh crap, you have IDOR, like indirect object references or direct yeah. object. I'm like, oh, you have this. Oh, you have that. Oh, by the way, this. I'm like, oh crap. I'm like, Aaron, I have to read like three hours of bug reports. Thanks for nothing. Wow. <laughs> That's awesome. And he's like, I'm just so excited. Wow. And so then we ran off and frolicked and, you know, and then we did like, we do like air high fives. Anyway. Air high fives. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to the webcam. You guys are like 400 kilometers apart, right? Is that what you said? Um, we were when we met. So I lived in Ottawa and he lived in Toronto. But since we met, I have relocated to the West Coast. So ah. I now live in Canada's best kept secret. We have an island that is below the 49th parallel that is legally ours called Vancouver Island. Oh. It is not part of Vancouver. Everyone's like, Tanya lives in Vancouver. No, Tanya does not right. live in Vancouver. She lives on a beautiful island off the coast of Vancouver where houses cost half as much as Vancouver. Is it beautiful? Oh, really? It's ridiculous. And our weather, we get less rain, more sun than Vancouver. Don't tell everyone in Vancouver. Uh, hey, the uh, the I'm, secret I'm is officially out. I'm, I'm moving. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, I'm checking Zillow after this. I love the, the, the water planes. Uh, I've never actually seen those in person until I went to Vancouver. I can only imagine that in the, near an island. Right. Is there, a, is, there a way, is there a bridge to the mainland or do you guys have to travel by like ferries and things like that? Ferries, helicopters, jet boats. There's like you know, the little water boats. Yep. And then there's also airplanes, like Air Canada has a flight that takes 11 minutes. Okay. Yeah. Ah. yeah. <laughs> and, and they're very Canadian. Like they're the most Canadian stereotype ever on the island. Uh, the first time I came to visit, we were gonna leave. So I was flying back to Vancouver to go give a talk. And um, the steward or stewardess person comes out and she's like, hey everybody. Um, we're all here. Do you want to just go now instead of waiting for an hour when we're supposed to go? Is that okay? Everyone's like, yeah, sounds good. So we just walk on down and we arrived over an hour before we we're supposed to leave because why the, Why not? <laughs> wow. cool. We're all here. She's like, yeah, let's just, let's just give her 
which means let's go do it, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and I just like stroll on down and she's like, have a great day guys. What's up? <laughs> Man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I might, I might move over there. Yeah, I'm going, <laughs> let's go. Let's, let's build a podcast over there. We call it, we call it tech Island. We actually have something like 300 tech companies on the Island and it's just like, 300. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah we have, <laughs> we have, two different security um, conferences. Like we have our own B-sides and we have Reboot in the winter, which is like privacy, security. Like, it, like we're just like are quietly being awesome. It's pretty fun. <laughs> yeah. Tell us about WOSEC. Yes. Um, WOSEC stands for Women of Security. And uh, we briefly named ourselves WIST, Women in Security and Technology. But guess what? WIST sounds exactly like WISP women in security mm. and privacy mm. so that lasted like about four weeks until we confused the crap out of everyone that follows wisp right <laughs> so we're like oh oh sorry sorry about that excuse us <laughs> get a name that's not your name um, yeah, right. <laughs> um but basically uh i just wanted to make more friends uh that are yeah. that are women so i've worked in tech i guess since 1997 and uh, and before that, I was a nerd, just like in high school and programming and stuff. And it would be me and just like, you know, in high school, a bunch of boys and then eventually a bunch of men. And I love mm. men. But sometimes I also like I also think women are great. And yeah. I was like, what if I had girlfriends? Yeah, <laughs> right. Absolutely. <laughs> and so um, I went to Israel and I met all these amazing women like. Shira Shamban, Irina Damsky, et cetera, et cetera. There's all these amazing female uh, cybersecurity people there because in Israel, every single person has to go in the military yep. and okay. you are in infantry, which means you are in danger. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you are, you know, a commander and a leader and, you know, for life doing military and, and that has a certain amount of danger or you could um, do cyber as they call it. And, uh, and then you don't really have to be in very much physical danger. So a lot of them choose that. That's where I would be. I would, I would hide under the desk personally. But um, <laughs> so, so they have a huge, huge, huge amount of, of women that work in security there because everyone does military service. Uh, and they have a thing there called cyber ladies. And I just went and just met like this plethora, like a giant room with hundreds of women that are all just like, yeah, what's up? I was hacking this on the weekend. I'm just like, Whoa. I want that. <laughs> so my friend Donna and I in Ottawa were like, let's have our own thing and we'll just have a brunch. And so we made a little meetup and Don here was our game plan. I'm like, Donna, what if no one comes? She's like, I'll come and we'll invite Nancy. <laughs> so those were the people we knew. Uh -huh. and, and then she's like, okay, worst case scenario, you and I have lunch once a month for six months. And if no one comes for the whole six months, then we'll just close the meetup and you and I will just keep having brunch every month. I'm like, okay. And so the first month, 22 women showed up. <laughs> and then the next month, like 20 more. And then before I knew it, I had this gang of girls, well, women, where I, they would just show up. And then we started doing like workshops. We made our own capture the flag team. And then we started crashing events. So I was, I was, wanting to go to the Python meetup, but every time I would go to the Python meetup, it would be me and like 80 men. Right. Mm -hmm. And 
the first time I went to the Python meetup, no offense, people from Ottawa, I love you. They stared at me to the point where I felt a bit unsafe. Oh, and it no. turns out I was the only woman who had ever been to the meetup in oh, seven wow. years or something. And the, you know, the leader, Ian, we're friends now. He came up and he's like, hey, like, welcome. And he's like, what could I do to get more women interested? And I'm like, I swear they're staring at me to the point where I'm wondering if they're trying to figure out how to make a jacket out of my skin. Like, they're oh, creeping me out that's so bad. Like, mm-hmm. could you tell them I'm not a zebra? Like, it's like <laughs> yeah. a zebra walked in. Like, they're just like, <laughs> oh, okay. She's not a zebra. Yeah, yeah it's, just, no. it's, it's this woman. She's just Purple. like, well, the other women that they have outside, just inside. Um, yeah. and so what we have started doing is like crashing as a group. Right. Um, and then it turns out conferences are really down for that. So we crashed RSA, we crashed DEF CON, we crashed a whole bunch of different B-sides. We crashed meetups, capture the flags. We're holding a worldwide capture the flag November 2nd. Oh, put it on your calendars. It's on the internet. And um, we have, I think, 32 different locations now of OSEC. And we are just over a year old. Wow. What's your membership at this point? Um, I'm not sure because we're, we've sort of hacked the meetup pro program like app yeah. thing because if you want to have a professional account and see all of your accounts, it costs three times as much, yep. but you can register three different meetups under the same name and just pay for one. So Ooh. I have like five or six different emails and each one of them has three different chapters. <laughs> yeah and then a bunch of the leaders have just done that so we could pay one third the price which is technically not breaking their rules um but what that means is i don't have visibility so my chapter has a hundred i think the ottawa chapter has 200 um wow we have a chapter in kenya um nairobi wow. kenya that's our third chapter they're by far the most active chapter they have workshops i think every two weeks Wow. And are you, uh, your, is your uh, every one month? Mine's every month. Some of the chapters are having a lot more trouble. I find sometimes leaders, they're perfectionists. And instead of like, I'm like, oh, I just hold a brunch. Just like, hey, what's up? Does someone, I'm just going to, I'm going to go have brunch here. Does anyone want to come hang out? And then women just show up, it turns out. If you're just really nice and friendly, it turns out women just show up. Um, and then they're like, oh, but I have to have this perfect thing where I have like three different speakers and it has to right. be like catered. I'm like, no, you don't have to do any of that. You can just say, I'm going to hang out at Starbucks. And if anyone wants to chill, I would love it if you came and did that with me. And then maybe two or three or four women will show up. And before you know it, they're your friends. Yes, yeah. that is great advice. That is. So I had a question. Uh, I'm yeah. sure that, you know, you are uh, very busy creating a, a company now. Uh, how do you find time to still mentor uh, young or any interested person that's uh, interested in getting into security or just uh, looking to pick your brain a bit more? So I have a couple um, people in my life that I mentor. However, um, I can't have any more because as my mentees can tell you, I, I do not have enough time for them. <laughs> so... <laughs> But I still, um, people kept writing me and asking me uh, if I could mentor them. So I created a thing called Mentoring Monday. It turns out that uh, the hashtag Mentoring Monday existed, but only like two people were using it. So I sort of commandeered it. 
for mm -hmm. us, for everyone. <laughs> and so um, what I do is every Monday I tweet, hey, uh, it's Mentoring Monday. Are you looking for a professional mentor? Or, you know, have you worked in your industry for a while and you have information to share? You know, respond here. Please. And for some reason, no one ever uses the hashtag. And I, I've tried to explain to use the hashtag and then they'll put like InfoSec as a hashtag. I'm like, no, Mentoring Monday. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, because uh, people, um, so the thing about Mentoring Monday is like, if you go and look it up, you'll see a whole bunch of tweets but most of Mentoring Monday is actually invisible. So when I tweet Mentoring Monday and then someone will respond like, hey, um, so my friend Ash responded one week and she said she was looking for a mentor in medical devices. Mm -hmm. So I saw one or two people respond, but it turns out her inbox was just full of direct messages, right. private messages. Oh my gosh, have you read this article? Oh, you need to follow these three Twitter accounts are the best. Oh, yeah. there's this book. Oh, um, you know, do you want to have a virtual coffee and hang out? Oh, I'd love you to join my meetup because we do this. Like it turns out we have a hardware security meetup in Victoria and neither of us knew. Wow. Right. So sometimes it's, you know, just being connected. Right. So most of Mentoring right. Monday is invisible. I had one woman write me and tell me 21 people wrote her trying to help her and she felt overwhelmed with just how much help she was being offered. And That's that, amazing. Right? <laughs> that is amazing. And it's turning into, for some people, it's turning into really long-term relationships. And yeah. I have used Mentoring Monday now twice to find professional mentors. So I found one where, you know, I just wrote her and I was like, you know, I'm going to become a CEO of my own company and you are a CEO of a company. Could you be my professional mentor? And she said, yes. Wow. Yes. <laughs> I love stories like that. And, and she actually um, traveled to Toronto last week to meet me in person at Sector because we'd only ever met on the internet. And I got my first in-person mentor hug. Oh. <laughs> And, and there may have been champagne. It was really great. Oh, was, I, I hope there was champagne. Yes. That is awesome. So do you do Mentoring Monday also on LinkedIn? I was doing it on LinkedIn, but I found that LinkedIn is a total mess. The way that it works. Mm -hmm. the, so LinkedIn, if you're listening, <laughs> as a content creator, you make my life hell. Mm -hmm. The notifications. So if I click on the notifications, it will like just mark all of them as red when you go into the first one. Uh, if you go, yes. It does that. Or, and also every time someone likes anything, it lights up all of my things. So I'll have like 50, it'll say, you know, five minutes later, oh, you have 50 notifications, LinkedIn, you're lying to me. I know you want my ego to be healthy. <laughs> you are making my ego too big. <laughs> we know it's not true. Right. Like, oh, this one person liked something. So we've turned back on all your notifications. And so I can't tell when someone comments. And it's just like my phone melts. So I just turned mm -hmm. off all the notifications because and people were trying to reach me and then I couldn't see it. So then I wasn't responding and I looked unfavorable. Mm -hmm. Like, and, and I don't mean it in like, I want ever. I do want everyone to think I'm cool, just to be clear, but I mean, it's more <laughs> like I'm concerned that people are reaching out for help and then it appears that I'm ignoring them. Like I'm inviting right. them to participate. They are participating. And then I'm like, joke's on you. I'm not answering. So mm -hmm. I felt like I can't provide, maybe I can provide good service. Does that make sense? No, it makes yeah. perfect sense. So what, what I've been having to do is uh, because I've done something that I think 
you have been actually implicated in on is uh, the Follow Fridays uh, that have been occurring. Um, we, we, like you, we saw that there were some people using Follow Friday, but mainly, mainly for uh, pages for companies and things like that. Mm -hmm. oh. And uh, Francisco, one of our friends, uh, we, we were in a, a Follow Friday war right now. He's been doing Follow Friday on Twitter and he's mm -hmm. been doing really well, like just highlighting really big folks in the, in the industry. And I thought, why can't we do something like this just, just to kind of get sh give shine to the people in our networks that are putting out really good content? Yeah. And so we've been doing that, but I've been finding that in order to really capture all of the activity is I have to go searching for it for a bit oh, yeah. and finding all the comments, finding all the likes and all the stuff and the people that are contributing to it. But uh, yeah, I think these movements are fantastic. Uh, they're fantastic for the community. They're fantastic for our own personal egos. If, if you're, you need a little ego boost, you know, uh, because if, uh, I find that when somebody wakes up and they've been implicated in like maybe on mentoring Monday or follow Friday, they feel like they're actually making a difference in the world. They're part of the conversation. Exactly. You're part of the conversation. Uh, so I love mentoring Monday. That's awesome. I think I want to start participating, but I'm going to, I'm going to give it a shot on LinkedIn. I'm going to see if we can get you know, some, some traction there again. Uh, I know yeah. it's not the, the easiest thing, but I think, I think we can make it happen. What do you think, Ron? You, you're very committed to LinkedIn. I'm also, <laughs> I, I, I'm low key committed to, it's, it's a confession. I'm committed to LinkedIn, but yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens on that, on that platform also. Yeah. So we have mentoring Monday, follow Friday. Yes. We got to st stick to it. <laughs> At Sector, I was actually talking to someone about winning Wednesday. Um, winning Wednesday. So a, a secret thing we had at Microsoft is we made a channel um, in our, you know, like our teams and um, we have it now at Security Sidekick on our internal Slack called winning. And every time <laughs> mm. something good happens, like we were in the news or, or whatever, or like Aaron, we had this big bug right before I was going to go do a demo for someone and I was really sweating it. And Aaron just woke up super early and fixed the whole thing before my demo. And I thought there was just no, it was a really complex bug and he totally smashed it. And then I, I like wrote back, I'm like, uh, excuse me, did you put this in the winning channel? <laughs> right. <laughs> and then of course, like then there's like the, the virtual high fives. Yeah, and stuff. Uh -huh. I'm like, I think that I feel like InfoSec needs to celebrate more wins and be a bit more positive. Yes. A lot of people use Winning Wednesday, though, so we're thinking, like, um, security wins or, like, security win and, like, celebrate because I feel like we're a bit, as a society, too, I don't want to say humble. It's more like people shame us when we try to be proud of ourselves. Right. And, like, if I'm, like, oh, I'm so excited. I wrote my 100th blog post. Like, that's not yep. me putting anyone else down. It's like, I'm so proud of myself for being committed to this right. and sticking to it and doing it. P.S. I'm nowhere near 100. But when I get to 100, <laughs> I'm going to be really, like, excited and I'm going to announce it. And sometimes people yep. are like, you know, you should learn some modesty. And I'm like, you should lose my number. Oh. <laughs> because if you don't want to be positive and happy and you want to poop on me, you just go by yourself because I don't yeah. want any part of it. And if you are jealous or insecure or whatever by my happiness like I feel that's like a reflection on you I'm not saying like because you I don't know let's say your blog post only has 10 posts awesome you're on your way I'm more than happy to celebrate with you when you hit 10 right you know what I mean and I feel like sometimes 
I, I feel like it's okay to celebrate wins. And part of why, so Wosek has our own um, Twitter handle. It's called Wosek Tweets. And I um, secretly just go on there all the time and then just like congratulate and like high five people all the time because it makes me feel really good. <laughs> and right. so I'll just like, like tweet at women like, nice work, awesome job, congratulations, yeah, look at this mm -hmm. cool thing she's doing because it just like makes me feel good to celebrate someone else's happiness and yeah. I feel like maybe that's okay. So maybe like security wins, maybe like that's okay, right? Like yeah. maybe we can just like celebrate more of we are succeeding instead of all that fear, uncertainty and doubt. I, I bet you're uh, scaring a lot of people. I know when I come in uh, the room, very energetic, like, <laughs> hey, you know, happy Monday. Everyone's yeah. like, what is, what is this about? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, that's awesome that you're, you're winning on Wednesdays. Really win every day, right? Yeah, yeah win every day. Security but, win. Security, yeah. like I say we start a movement, security win. And then you're like, you know, I installed a new tool on my pipeline. Security win. Yes. Yes. I'm I'm on board with all of her ideas. I know. <laughs> but speaking of security wins, I think I heard something about a book. Oh, that, what, that, what, what, was that true? What was that, that a rumor, rumor mill? Yeah. <laughs> I'm writing my first book for Wiley Books, and I'm so excited. Ooh. <laughs> um, I uh, when I switched to AppSec, I found it really, like, as we were talking about that earlier, I found it so frustrating, like, how to learn. And yes. everywhere I've worked, everyone's always like, you should go to SANS. And then um, I explain the exchange between the Canadian dollar and the American dollar and how that is 10% of my yearly income pre-tax. Mm. And so that that literally is completely impossible for me. I'm like, that's like half as much of my mortgage for the whole year. Like, I can't tell you how much money that is, right? Like, I'm like, that's impossible. Mm -hmm. um, and so, like, not that I'm saying it's not worth it. I'm saying like, it's very valuable. Sand is cool. I can't afford it though. And so I was trying to like teach myself all the things. So then I started blogging and I wrote this series called Pushing Left Like a Boss. And it's kind of like a brain dump from me of my first uh, talk that I did uh, in different countries and at law conferences called Pushing Left Like a Boss. And it's yeah. like, what is AppSec? So as I was like writing this blog series, um, I talked to Wiley Books and I said, you know, I have this idea for a book where any software developer could read it and then understand how to make secure apps and right. understand why a security requirement exists. And then I was thinking I would have Alice and Bob join us um, from, you know, yeah. the story of encryption, yep. right? So Alice and Bob have made a couple appearances on my blog. And so, you know, this is how this affects Alice and this is how that affects Bob. And you can see how there's different real life examples. And so I'm like, I wanna tell like war stories that explain why things are and then I want to have you know these two characters that explain and then I want to be really nerdy and have code samples and then I want to have exercises uh, and then I want to release it as a book that is as cheap as possible so that we cover costs <laughs> but so right. that it's not like this $150 textbook I want it to right. be you know cheaper much much smaller price and he was like uh, when can you start <laughs> and wow. so uh, I submitted a full proposal with everything I want to cover and it just got approved and it's going to be named 
Alice and Bob learn application security. Nice. Congratulations. <laughs> wow, that is nothing but good news on this podcast episode. Yes. <laughs> this is definitely needs to go on the win Wednesday. Yeah. Security <laughs> yes. So I'm really excited. I'm hoping, um, you know, it takes a certain amount of time to write and then edit and then edit again and edit again yep. and then actually print them. So I'm hoping in about a year it yeah. should be out, which is really exciting. And then um, the university here is interested in potentially turning it into a course, but I want to make it into a course that like any university could have. Yeah. Because I don't know if you know, but if you don't have a PhD, um, universities in Canada anyway, like one of them offered me, they're like, oh, you could just create the course content and then like work 20 hours a week for four months and we'll pay you $4,000. And I was like, per week? And they're like, for the four months. Mm. <laughs> and then I laughed so hard. I was like, no, is that a joke? Like oh, that, like yeah. McDonald's pays more than that. Are you kidding? Right, right. And so I, I, and they're like, well, that's what we pay. I'm like, well, guess what? I'm just going to do it for free on the internet for everyone. If I'm going to do it almost for free, I'm just going to do it for free. Just do it for free. <laughs> yeah. Love Get it. back to the community. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, um, but I'm going to work with the university. So it's the quality that a course would be for them because I've never designed a university course. I've only done like conference trainings and corporate trainings, which is different. Right. right? Um, but I have to say that designing, um, exercises is ridiculously fun. <laughs> it is super duper fun. I spent a whole evening writing out exercises and I was like, I should probably stop. Like you have more than 20 exercises per chapter, Tanya, like stop, calm down. Right. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, Tanya, I, from the bottom of our hearts, thank you so much for being on yes. the podcast. Uh, this was amazing. Definitely one of my favorite uh, podcasts to, to record. But for everyone out there that wants to stay abreast of you, your company, your book, your organizations, all of these things, what are the best ways for people to stay in touch with you? So I have a mailing list, um, which, ooh, how do I explain how to get there? Um, basically, if you follow me on Twitter or follow me on LinkedIn, so on Twitter, I'm SheHacksPurple. You can follow my company on Twitter, and it's Sec sidekick because security sidekick is one letter too long. Oh. I know. Um, <laughs> you could go to the security sidekick.dev website because that's there. Um, I also, the company and also I have a YouTube channel. So there's she, you know, youtube.com slash she acts purple. Uh, but security sidekick is not popular enough yet to have our own channel. So we are blah, 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 blah. No one can remember that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so just right. us up. Well, there's a link on my site, but basically, um, if you follow me on Twitter, I will announce all the things, including the, basically the newsletter is just every single thing that I have released all month. So mm -hmm. here's events I'm going to speak at. Here's all the news. Here's the content, etc. That's probably the best way to keep up what's going on. But yeah, I'm very verbose as you might've noticed on this podcast. So yeah. definitely follow me and all the things will be shared and all the things are free except their product. You have to buy it. Yeah. <laughs> Good. <laughs> awesome. <Because> mortgages. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for having me on this podcast. And thank you very much for having a podcast about my favorite topic, DevSecOps or SecDevOps. Yeah.
Yes. <laughs> <laughs> There's a story to that, but we'll save that for another time. Another time. <laughs> yeah. Another episode. <laughs> all right. Well, it's been a pleasure, and we'll put all the information in the show notes for everyone to look at all those links and resources. Thank you. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Have a great day. Bye. See you next time, everybody. <laughs> 